Welcome to Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Christina Vragovich. Joining the podcast today is Alma Assay, former litigator at Gibson Dunn, and now one of the few female founders of a legal tech startup, a cloud-based litigation management software called Allegory. Welcome, Alma. Hi, Christina. Thank you so much for having me on today. So tell us in your own words, what is Allegory and how does it work? Allegory is like an operating system for your litigation. So all the pieces of your case are right in front of you, interconnected, and it also provides you with the tools that the litigation team needs to be most effective. So there are really two key components. One is our automated litigation tasks. So things like creating binders, creating exhibits, Um, We've been working with clients for years now, and every time that we observe a process that they're going through that seems inefficient, we look for ways to automate that process as much as possible within the tool. And, of course, they love that because we're creating features that are in direct response to problems that they're having. Um, And the other component is connecting all the pieces of your case. So if you think about a smartphone, Information goes in once and is available through multiple applications, but in litigation, we take the same document, the same piece of information, and we put it in multiple folders completely disconnected, which makes it very hard to see where else that information has been used in the case and the consequences of having used that information elsewhere in the case. So in Allegory, everything is connected so that at any point I can pull up a document or another piece of information and see everywhere it's been used in the case. So how does Allegory address the concerns that law firms in particular might have about the cloud um, security-wise? Yeah, so to start, um, we selected Amazon Web Services as our cloud provider because they are a leader in providing secure cloud services. But of course, that's not enough. Um, We went on to find an expert in the field. Obviously, coming from a law firm environment, I knew that stability and security were paramount above everything else. So we hired an expert and have a member of our team who is solely dedicated to maintaining the stability and security of our servers. So things like having a virtual private cloud, encryption, both in transit and at rest, automated testing for any security issues as well as features, um, strict information security policies. So basically, if, if there's something that we can do to make the program more secure and stable, we take that extra step and we do it. And you know, obviously we are regularly vetted by our clients, um, including one of the biggest financial institutions in the world is one of our clients and put us through the ringer, of course, and signed off um, on our security. So how did you come up with the idea? When I was working at Gibson Dunn, um, you know, I would get very frustrated because the best tools that we really had were Excel and Share Drives. Um, and from the time I was a junior associate, I was trying to compile all the information about the key documents into these massive Excel sheets, um, which got more and more advanced over the time that I was at Gibson Dunn, looking for ways to include testimony about documents and you know, creative ways to sort the Excel sheet so that testimony would follow documents um, so that when we went into a deposition or a meeting, we had all those answers at our fingertips. If a document was introduced that we weren't expecting with a particular witness, we could quickly look it up and see what other witnesses had said about it versus other teams where you would have to email the team back at the office and it would take eight hours for them to go back through 
all the transcripts to find where this document had been used before. So it, it was kind of through that process that I thought, well, there has to be a better way. And I went out there and looked and couldn't find any tool that accomplished what we needed it to accomplish and also was user-friendly. Um, often people think that I must have a tech background because I'm doing this. The opposite is true. Um, I was as much of a technophobe lawyer as anybody else and didn't find value in a tool that had a steep learning curve. I had enough on my plate to learn. Um, so really wanted to design a tool that accomplished what litigation teams need to get that information at their fingertips to help them expedite the process of finding documents, creating binders, creating exhibits, but at the same time was super easy to use so that they could just log in and go. So tell us a little bit more about your experiences in big law and what drove your decision to really break away and enter the startup world fully and make this your full-time gig? Um, well, you know, a lot of lawyers leave big law because they're tired of practicing law, and for me, the opposite was true. I actually love practicing law. Gibson Dunn was a terrific firm. I love the people that I litigated with. But it was really that frustration that brought the idea to light. And, of course, at the time, I didn't know any engineers, so it was just kind of a pie-in-the-sky idea. Um, but as I was in my sixth year starting to have those conversations about approaching partnership and going down the partnership track, I thought, you know, I love this, and I could do this for the rest of my life, but if I'm ever going to try something else, I should probably go try it now. Um, and then, of course, if it doesn't work out, come back and do that two-year road to partnership. Um, I had also skipped a year of high school and a year of college, so I kind of raced through and was just kind of waking up thinking maybe I should – just at least try something else. Um, at the time, I thought that I might go do volunteer work for a while, but then a friend introduced me to some engineers, and we started talking and really got excited about the idea. And at the time, I just felt like litigation was reaching a tipping point. So the same way that e-discovery reached a tipping point where it was no longer okay to do e-discovery by hand, you had to use technology. It felt like over the years, the amount that was trickling down to a litigation that was actually relevant and being produced in the litigation was also getting to that point where it just wasn't practical to manage everything and stay on top of the case without using technology. And I told the engineers in our first meeting together, we we're in Brooklyn, um, meeting outside, and I said, somebody is going to do this because it has to be done and I just want to be one of the first people to get there. And so we started working on building the program, and it all kind of evolved from there. Um, at the time, you know, coming out of a law firm environment, I hadn't really fully contemplated what it meant to build an entire business around a technology. I really was focused on building the technology and then building the company around it followed. So you have a unique combination of insights here. Um, from your perspective, how can law firms and law offices best harness the technology that is rapidly becoming available in terms of process improvement and profitability? Yeah, um, so I think the, the, the first key, of course, is being open to it. And you know, lawyers traditionally are a little slower to adopt new technology. And I think it's important that lawyers open their eyes and at least 
consider the technology around them and consider how it can make them better lawyers. If you think about 50 years ago, lawyers had plenty to do on their plate, and it was all lawyering. Um, and so all we're trying to do with technology, both my company and companies like mine, is try to get lawyers and litigation teams back to what they are being hired to do, which is lawyer. Um, you know, and as the amount of information grows, we're just trying to make it more practical to be able to get your hands on the information you need when you need it, to be able to pull together this information in the way that you need to present it and allow the litigation teams to really focus on lawyering. And another thing that technology can help with is you mentioned process improvements. So I find that just by virtue of creating technology and working with our clients to develop ideas for new features and really defining what it is that they're doing that we can automate, you start to begin to define these processes that occur in litigation and that are consistent. Very often when you look at litigation as a whole, a client might come in and say, we, want to, we need a budget. We need to know how much this case is going to cost. And I think for a lot of firms that's a little bit overwhelming because they don't really think of the litigation in terms of each of its constituent components. For example, how many binders do we think we'll create? Well, how many witnesses do we think we'll meet? How many depositions do we think we'll have? And simply by virtue of creating our technology, we've had to define a lot of those processes. And then around that, we started providing services because you know, very often a client may not just want the technology, but they actually want someone to put all the information in there, and then they can just pull the information out. And so in order to do that, we looked at, okay, well, what are the things that we do, such as create a binder for a client or link up deposition materials? And again, we're defining common litigation processes that are happening offline and just, in our case, also happening online. And I think once you start to look at these processes, you can not only improve them, but you can start to define them for clients and start to have easier conversations with your clients about what a litigation will cost or about what's going into the litigation versus a client who just receives a bill that has hours on end of creating binders or you know, legal research. Um, and in terms of profitability, I think there's a huge opportunity to use technology to make law firms more profitable. I think in-house counsel are cutting down more and more on the vague time descriptions, um, or you know, law firms aren't hitting their realization rates because a client may not be willing to pay for vague time entries. And I think when you use technology, you can use that as an argument with the client saying, no, look, we've taken the inefficiencies out. We're actually making an effort to focus our litigation team on the actual lawyering process, and that's what you hired, to do, hired us to do. And that, of course, enables the firm to also go out and seek more clients because they have – you know, either their lawyers will have time to focus on more high-end lawyering for a single client or more high-end lawyering for multiple clients. And they'll also, as I mentioned, be able to realize more of those billings, which I think is really key today. You know, you can rack up the hours, and a lot of people say that lawyers don't want to use new technology because it makes them inefficient and they work on the billable hour. Well, our best clients are the ones who love lawyering and really want to be able to lawyer and want to be able to talk with their clients about what their lawyers are doing and make sure that that work is work that the clients will pay for. 
Well, Alma, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us, and thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers out there. For more on the latest trends, best practices, and technologies in the legal management space, check out ALA's flagship publication, Legal Management, at legalmanagement.org. For more information about any of ALA's education, events, and member services, please visit alanet.org. That's alanet.org. Until next time.